en een hartelike goeiemorgen. Welkom by ons program Skrifteerlik, waar ons wekelijk saam na oplossing soek uit die skrifte, vervra waarmee gewone mense sikkel. Die Bijbel sê in Johannes 17, 17, jy woord is waarheid, heilig hulle na jy woord. En Psalm 119, 105 sê, jy woord is een lamp vir my voete en een licht vir my pad. Kom dan saam met ons vir die volgende uur, wanneer ons geen steen onaangeraak laat, om die waarheid te vind en licht te skyn op die vraag uit die skrifte, waarmee ek en jy moendlik kan worstel nie. Krij dus gauw jou Bijbel en kom onderzoek saam met ons die skrifte. Dis moes nou skrifteerlik. Our family is just getting bigger and bigger. Welcome to 657 AM. Yeah, that's where you tune to in a warm-hearted good morning. Goeiemorgen, Abosheni, Morweni, Dumelang, Sanbonani, Kujan. Trust to find you well wherever you are. Lekker om saam jou te kan keir vir die volgende uur. Doen ons skrifteerlik. Volgende week, so die heren wil, Edward Kanya weer terug. Staan verder in vir Rocky, maar hier is hy volgend tijd het gemaakt uit Benoni uit. <laughs> you know, it's called uh, in Afrikaans plek van smarte. Nee, you, you, you know about that. Eh? <laughs> plek van smarte, yeah, plek, plek van, van sorrow. Uh, yeah, place of sorrow. Eh? We were told ben that ben this Oni. weekend we had our conference, a ministry leadership conference, and David McCrum, a wonderful minister and friend of mine, came through and he said we should change our name from Benoni Bible Church because, you know, Benoni's name was... Uh, change to Benjamin, you know, yeah, place, yeah. be a place of praise and be, you know, change your name, man. <laughs> change your name, man. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, Pastor Rocky Stevenson, good morning, my brother. Good to have you uh, back behind the uh, microphone this morning again. And uh, for you and your house and your motor by the werksplek waar jou ook al is, baie welkom. Ons gaan so vir die volgende hier saam met jou die skrifte onderzoek. We call it scriptural, skriftierlik, want ons soek antwoorde uit die woord van die Heere. Uh, a brother in Port Elizabeth once said to me, let's leave no stone unturned to find truth. And that truth will set you free. Yet we need to say to one another that certain things we struggle to understand and there's huge debates and sometimes division, sadly so, amongst Christians uh, on our understanding of it. And we rely on the Lord Jesus Christ, on His Holy Spirit to lead us. So as jy a vraag het, uit die Bible het, iets waarmee jy sikkel, iemand het ergens iets gesê wat absoluut net die sin maak nie, staan daar nie, ergens nie, dan is jy baie welkom om daai vraag in te steer. Misschien as jy weet waar die skrifgedeelte staan, baie welkom om het vir ons te steer na 082-657, that's our frequency here, which we broadcast, then the number 2, and then 729, another frequency down in the Western Cape, our sister station, Radio Cape Pulpit. So there you have it, let's put it all together, 082 657-2729 Jy is baie welkom om het in te stuur en sit net vir ons die skrifgedeelte by As jy gereelde luisteraar is, baie dankie en kan ek vir jou vraag dat as jy net volgend luister na die program dat jy ook sal bid vir Rocky en vir myself hier in die atelier dat wat ons moet jou deel wel geestgedreven sal wees en nie vleesgedreven not man's opinion but God's opinion, God's word there's a, a scripture that always comes to mind when we present this program, Rocky, and it's Hebrews 4 and verse 11. It says, the word of God brings life. 
and mm. it's stronger than a two-edged sword. Mm. Cuts onto bone and marrow. And I trust that will be the case this morning again. So, stuur vir ons die vraagie in 0826572729. Somebody was asking, what happened to you last week? Uh, they thought you left. And I said, no, no, he'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> By God's grace, he'll be back. Next week, you're going down to Cape Town, aren't yes, you? Yes, yes. All right. So, last week, I had a, a week of leave at Mabalingwe near to Bella Bella. What a wonderful place. Man, how beautiful. We got to see yeah. elephants and... Um, the family got to really have a lovely time of rest and next week I'm in the Cape actually from tomorrow so I leave tomorrow and then I get back on the 9th I'll actually be um, I heard this morning somebody one of the guests with Christine was on from Paul and yeah, so I'm going yeah. to Paul right. um, as well as um, around I think the Pinelands type area so I'll be preaching on Wednesday night tonight, oh, it's tomorrow night, I believe, and next week Wednesday at, uh, at a church called Faith Fellowship. And then I'll be preaching in Drakenstein BBC Paul Church yeah, on the Sunday. Right. And then I'll be preaching the Sunday evening in the Strand at uh, BBK in the, in the Strand. Oh, um, right. And so, uh, yeah, if anybody's in the Cape, it would be a joy to get to meet you. We've got something called the Ministry Leadership Conference, which we had this last week in Benoni. Yeah. Uh, man, what a wonderful, wonderful time. The Lord's doing something in our country, and yeah. I'm thankful to the Lord for, for the privilege of being part of that. A lot of people are quite wary about the Ashbury and what has taken place, and now it's come to known that that was genuine revival, that it broke out. Where we're waiting in anticipation on the Lord for revival as well, isn't it? Indeed, we pray for him to rend the heavens and come down and to work amongst us to bring about a, a true heart of repentance towards him and faith in him and, and to see many baptisms where yeah. people decide to follow him. Right. We, we long to see that. We long to see that. Uh, all right. We're praying for traveling mercies that the Lord will uh, keep you and bring you back uh, safely. So next week, Edward Kanya standing in once again. And what a wonderful brother in the Lord. Uh, if he's listening this morning, Edward, it was such a, a honor and a privilege to have you on air with us. And looking forward to next week, uh, not replacing Rocky, just standing in for him when he cannot. And we uh, we honor the Lord. I, for can't, these godly uh, I men. can't think of any better man to stand in for me and that's yeah. why when when uh, we organized this i said to vainant that um, edward is the man i go to when i've got questions and yeah. so there's no better man to get in as a replacement uh, during the times that i'm away and uh, so i thank god that he's able to come and he's willing to drive up yeah. here and be part of this we give thanks to the Lord for him. Yeah, and uh, his heart is for the Lord and God's kingdom and sharing truth. Right, here gaan ons. Dis 11 minute oor 11. Jy met jou vraag instuur na 0826572729 en onthou ons doen leefstyle vraag ook. Um, what do I mean by lifestyle questions? Sometimes uh, and in, especially in this day and age, and not to step on toes, but there's a, a lot of disinformation when it comes to divorce and remarriage. A lot of disinformation. What does the Word of God actually say with regards to that? And sometimes we choose man's way as opposed to uh, when we have problems, when your toilet block, you don't sell the house. You get the plumber. If if the light bulb blows, you, you, you don't sell the house. You replace the light bulb. And so the same in our marriages. Sometimes people talk about irreconcilable differences. Uh, what does the Word of God say with regards to that? Lifestyle questions you've got, we will uh, tackle that here as well. And you're welcome to send it into to 0826572729. Rocky, our first question for this morning. Uh, can you please speak on 1 Corinthians 
14:34. Would you kindly just read it for us? Uh, in Corinthians 14, verse hmm. 34. And this listener says, uh, Women should remain silent in church? Question mark. In, in, in what sense is this? Are women not allowed to say amen? Are women not allowed to say hallelujah or, or pray corporately? Please, can you uh, explain the scripture mm, to mm. us? Would you kindly do? Would you uh, kick off the program for yeah, us? Let me, um, let me read the passage, verse 34 of 1 Corinthians 14. It says, The women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but are to subject themselves, just as the law also says. And then it, um, it is helpful always when we come to a passage not to read it all on its own. So it's good for us to go back a bit to verse 26 and read all the way down to verse 40 so that we get a bit more of the context. So let me read that briefly for us. What is the outcome then, brothers? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has a translation. Let all things be done for edification. The point of what Paul is busy making regarding this from chapter 12 of uh, 1 Corinthians all the way through to chapter 14 is he's seeking to help correct the church's disorderly worship. They had fallen into a position where they had become disorderly in the way that they were uh, doing what they were doing, and they weren't doing it for the mutual edification. That means the building up of one another. Instead, they'd become a, a, a group that were doing things for themselves, for their own name, for their own glory, for their own puffing up. And many times we take a passage like 1 Corinthians 13 and we think that's a wonderful wedding passage. You know, love is patient, love is kind. Actually, that's a rebuke to the church at Corinth that had begun to not do things for the mutual building up of one another. So the context here is the assembly of believers and the organized worship of God on the Lord's day. And then it says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two at the most three. So he's giving a limit to what is happening. Why were their tongues still happening here? Why were their prophecies still happening here? Well, the full canon of the scripture had not been completed yet. We didn't have the full New Testament to expound to the people. And so the Lord, by these gifts, was teaching his church by his Holy Spirit. But he's saying, let there be order in the way that you do worship. Don't let everybody speak at once. Don't let it be just this unlimited amount of number that talks about it. So he says, in each, in his turn... And one must translate. And so he's also giving a limit there, saying not just to the number of people that now speak, but also it must be translated because yeah. the people need to understand what is being said. But if there be no translator, he must keep silent in the church. So it's not just women later on that are to keep silent, but yeah, there's another group that was to keep silent. So there's this order to the church service. And let him speak to himself and to God. And let two or three prophets speak. So now we talk about the fourth telling of God's word or the foretelling of God's word. That would be very much what we see today as the preaching aspect. Don't let there be more than two or three. You know, you can't, you've you got to limit this. You've got to have order and let the others pass judgment. They need to look at, does the scripture say what this is happening? They need to be good Bereans. Right there this, and then? Right there and then. They All need right. to know, okay, is it, the it's scripture... Quite a, it's quite a strong word, you know, past judgment, eh? Yes. So others around, because mm. they have the indwelling Holy Spirit, they've yeah. been born again, they are to actually be good Bereans right there and then in the church service. Is this actually what God is saying? All and right. obviously when it comes to something like foretelling prophecy, which was happening at this time because the canon of scripture had not been completed, they needed to make sure, and they did that with Paul, the Bereans did that, and he commended them for that because they made sure that everything that he said was scriptural because God does not contradict himself. So God will say what he says in accordance with what he has already said. 
said. Oh, right. If God has to change what he says all of a sudden and somebody gets up and says, this is what God says, but it actually isn't what he said in his word, that's a lying spirit. That's not from God because wow. the evil one speaks and when he speaks, he speaks lies. Yeah. That's his home language, if you would. He doesn't speak English or Afrikaans. He speaks lies. <laughs> and that's what the devil does. He yeah. always speaks lies and he twists the truth. And then he continues here and he says, and let two or three prophets speak. So that, that's verse 29, verse 30. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, the first one must keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and may be exhorted. And the spirit of prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion. And this is part of the point of why he's writing what he is, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, he's saying this is the order amongst the churches. And then he says, the women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are, to, they are not permitted to speak, but are to subject themselves just as the law also says. The context is within the teaching aspect yeah. of the church ministry, the yeah. prophesying, the prophesying, the tongues, the, yeah. the, the way in which the church is to be edified and built up. Yeah. God has an order for this. Right. Now, we have a lot of confusion in our day with these things. I want to ask you a question. I've, I've had the privilege of being to, to Israel, in particular in, in, in um, uh, Capernaum. Um, and, and they took us to a very old synagogue there. And the tour leader explained something, Rocky. He said, uh, in, in the Middle uh, Eastern context, only men was allowed into the building. Mm. A woman could stand right at the back and behind some sort of a, a facade, veil. Mm. a veil or mm. something. And when they hear the men praying or speaking, they would shout instructions from the back, mm. hoping and praying that their husbands would hear and say, listen, ask God about this. Ask one another about... And and then came forth the instruction, women should be quiet. Does that make sense? Have you heard anything like yeah, that? There, there was a definite distinction in Old Testament times between where the men were allowed to come in and where the women were allowed to be. And, and yeah. part of that was not to be a distraction in, of the worship of God, but also shows the preeminence of the structure that God has given within the home and the structure which he gives within the church, the order that he gives with them. Because right after this he says, but if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home. So the husband has the, the, husband has the authority, but he also has the responsibility to be the head of his home and to be teaching his wife yeah. and to not have his wife be asking other men now about this question that she has, but actually first speak to her own husband. For it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in church. This is not speaking about an amen or a hallelujah or corporate yeah. prayer. Right. But I would say that there's a caution, even with corporate prayer, that a woman is not to be teaching the men of the church. She's All not right. also to be in a, in a prayer, obviously, is to be to God. Um, first, that's what prayer is. It's not to be to the others that are around. Now, of course, there's an edification when it comes to prayer, but uh, one can teach through their prayers as yeah. well. And oftentimes yeah. I would actually write out some of my prayers that I would have at the beginning of a service or the end of the service because there is a sense that our prayers do um, especially our corporate prayers, they do have an impact upon one another. And so there needs to be a caution and there needs to be a submission from the wife to her husband. And if she doesn't have a husband, a father in the home or towards the, the eldership within a congregation, yeah. there's order that God has given. And then it says, was it, was it from you that, but the word, sorry, but ugh, verse 36 says, was it from you that the word of God first went forth or has it arrived at 
to you only is saying, why are you at the church at Corinth doing something so differently than the rest of the churches? Just highlight, you read verse 36. From, verse 36, 1 yeah, Corinthians. 1 um, Corinthians. Still 1 Corinthians chapter 14. All right. So we're just continuing in this. In the, um, we're reading now what's after the passage that was asked about. Okay. And he's basically saying the church at Corinth needs to have the same order as the other churches. And then it says, if anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandments. And so here we see, and this is an argument many people make today. They say, no, but that's what Paul was saying that time. He's saying these are the Lord's instructions to his church. He expects that the church would do things differently than the world. Now, this is there's something called egalitarianism and complementarianism, and there's a huge debate about this. But complementarianism says we are all equal, yet we are different. And there's, that's a very um, normal observation. Men and women are different from one another. God has made them equal in dignity, equal in worth, equal in how they receive salvation. A, a man's word is not double the worth of a woman's word. They, they are equal in that way, in dignity and worth and salvation, etc. They are heirs of life. And, but, but God has his order. He has an order within the church. He has an order within the home. And when we observe that order, yeah. the Lord is honored through it. And he says, but if anyone remains ignorant about this, he is ignoring, sorry, he is ignored by God. If anyone is ignorant about this, he's ignored by God. Therefore, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues. But all things must be done properly and in an orderly manner. That's the point that Paul is making. The church needs to do what it does in an orderly manner. And the women are not to be corporately instructing their brothers within the congregation. We do know in, in Timothy, for example, older women are to be teaching younger women. Yeah. We, we, women are to be teaching children. There is a role for women's ministry in that sense. You could even have somebody that would be a woman pastor as such, yeah. teaching other women within a congregation. But God's order is not that a woman would teach the be men of, within the church. Ahead of the church. And that no, goes right. then back to another proof text, which would be First Timothy 2, verse 9 to 15. Now, I would say uh, cautiously that at Benoni Bible Church, and why I'm saying at Benoni Bible Church is because there is an autonomy of the local body. At Benoni Bible Church, we do not have women elders. We do not have women deacons. We never have a woman in the pulpit. We apply these principles very literally. And I believe that others ought to repent if they do not do that. That yeah. that is then going a disorderly way that God had not said in his word. But listen to First Timothy 2 verse 9 to 15. It says, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, with modesty and self-restraint, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly clothing, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women professing godliness. A woman must learn in quietness, in all submission, but I do not allow women to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. So what's Paul doing? He's given further um, perspective on what he means back in Corinthians. For it was Adam who was first formed and then Eve. So he goes to the creation order. He says Adam was created, then Eve. What was Adam to do? Adam received the instruction to tell his wife, do not eat of this fruit. Adam actually failed in some of that because he told her, don't eat of it and don't touch it. Yet he was meant to tend the garden. And so Adam, Eve had not yet been created when God gave the command to Adam to not eat of the fruit in the garden. But it's God's created order that he appeals to. And then he says, and it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into trespass. So he shows the order of deception that happens. There we see also why it is the children of Adam that receive 
the curse of sin that goes to Romans 5. Yeah. It's because Adam chose to sin. He willingly sinned. He wasn't deceived. That's amazing as you think about it. He was right there with his wife. And Adam actually stepped out of his position that God had given him of authority. He let his wife become the provider. And, and he every did time not a husband abdicates that position, yes. a woman takes that position exactly. automatically. Exactly. He does what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. Where we he see lets, it with Ab- Abram and Sarah. Exactly. Where he yeah. lets his wife go ahead of him. Yeah. And Adam ought to have stepped between Satan and Eve. But he didn't. And he yeah. ought to have taught her correctly. But he didn't. He actually abdicated his position. And then we see part of the curse that comes upon Adam and Eve for this. And we also see part of that curse was that he will rule over you. Now, that's something that can be beautiful if it's done in a biblical way. And what we see with a husband loving his wife like Christ loves the church. There's so much in our world that is so broken. But here's where I think that we have to have a caution. Just because the world is broken doesn't give us an excuse to dishonor God's word and to not do what God's word says. We need to do what God's word says. And then he says, but she will be saved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctification with self-restraint. So as a basic answer to the question, um, I believe that God's word throughout the New Testament in various places shows that a woman ought to not have authority over the men within a congregation, in particular in the assembled um, believers coming together it's not that a, that a woman should never ever ask something yeah. or never ever inter- engage or never ever say amen or hallelujah or have corporate prayer but right. there ought to be that caution that a woman does not t- teach mm. and take authority over the men within the church if it's applied in the church does it account for, for the secular world as well in companies and business uh, I, why I'm asking is I, I, I saw the other day and it actually quite just you know plucked on my heart this guy came in there and he had on his T-shirt, the future is female. Mm. And, 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 you know, there's, a, there's almost a drive, and it comes from the years of A. In particular, we see this, that women are generals. They're in charge of armies. They lead hordes of men into war. And, and, and I'm asking, apart uh, from… Uh, that is so reprehensible. Can you imagine a woman that is meant to be breastfeeding, looking after her children, yeah. having to now go and be killed in battle? Head chopped off. That's not God's will. It's so reprehensible, not God's will at all. And it's because men have have ceased being so manly as they ought to be. Listen to what God's word says in Titus chapter 2, verse 4. It says, So that they, and actually verse. Um, three would be a good to start it. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, not enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. So what did they teach if they're teaching what is good? So that they may instruct the young women in sensibility to love their husbands, to love their children, yeah. to be sensible, pure. And then he has this word, which is not popular in our day, workers at home. Mm. So people will say, oh, but does your wife work? Yes, she works at home. Yeah. She's yeah. working at home. Yeah. She's working yeah. very hard at home. Yeah. Yeah. My wife works hard at home with our children. It won't be popular with what we're home. talking about and now. And it's, it's definitely not a popular yeah. concept. Yeah. But this is God's will for godly women. Yeah. This is something that, and, and yes, where I would say that the world is broken, and he, he continues verse 5, kind being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be slandered. If a young woman is not doing this list above, yeah. God's word begins to be slandered. And what is what is she to do? She is to be submissive to her own husband. Now you have a woman in the workplace. She's submitting to her boss. Mm. Boss says, you've got to do this jump. Okay, well, I've got to jump. 
yeah. doesn't matter who the boss is. But now, you know, it's or Saturday, she's the boss herself. She's or a, she's a boss herself. She's a boss sense. herself, and no, now she gets no. home and she commands ten men, yeah. and she comes home. And now she must submit to her husband. Now, yes, what I would say is, you go and study through, um, you know, the Proverbs thirty-one woman. Yeah. That was not a woman that was not industrious. Yeah. That was a woman, however, that did all that she did for the good of her husband and her children, her household, and she was industrious. I mean, that Very woman went, so. and it doesn't say she consulted land her. Yeah, she didn't woman. consult her husband to buy the land. She worked with her hands in her home. She had maidens within the home. That is the model of what God would have for a godly woman. Yeah. It's not somebody that, and this is where the problem comes in. People will say, but women need to be emancipated as mm. though women are slaves when, yeah. they, when they live God's way. Yeah. And, and I think that is such, it's putting everything on its head and it's following this agenda that is actually satanic mm. and it affects and it destroys the world. Um, and, and, and it actually, I mean, that's what Satan goes after. He goes after the home. Women were never meant to be men. No. They were never meant to be. They were meant to be cherished and loved as women, as flowers within the home. As those that are special. But it needs to be said that men has also abdicated that position as well. No longer king, priest, and prophet of the the, household. The biggest problem is actually Mm. the men. It's not the women who do this. The the sad reality that, that, that women in our world and women within our churches are out in the place like they are and not even able to take a special time in their month aside but take pills to try and um, change their hormones and Mm. all the rest is because men have ceased being men. Fathers have ceased being good fathers, teaching their daughters that there's absolute worth in being a a woman after God's own heart and seeking to do what God is. And they've stopped raising their daughters to be good wives and to be good mothers. And they've lowered this role. I mean, you look in our day when somebody walks in a shop as more than two children. And yeah. people start looking and going, oh, but don't they, you know, are they irresponsible? Yet yeah. God told us to go and procreate and to fill the earth. Yeah. So I know I'm getting a little bit off the topic, but yeah. these are passionate things to talk about in our day. We need to reclaim not, that which is biblical yeah. in the way that we live. And not comfortable things to talk about. It brings a, uh, uneasiness because it's just not uh, politically correct to, to talk about these things. Right. We need to take a quick break. Skriftelik, skriftelik is where you Tackling the word of God. Uh, and I hope that makes uh, sense to that question. Thank you so much for that uh, question that we had. Uh, are women supposed to be uh, quiet in the congregation? In what sense? A woman not allowed to say amen, hallelujah, pray corporately, please explain. We did, <laughs> and from God's word. And uh, betekker is daar krapperigheid in die kraag nie oor die goed waar ons praat, want uh, ons wil het op een ander manier doen. That's what we do and why we do scriptural, to see what does the word of God say with regards to that? Not man's opinion, God's opinion. You want to say, Rocky? Yeah, maybe just as a last thought before we take that song break, yeah. is that we, we're so scared to do what God tells us to do. But let me tell you, dear listener, that, that you do what is right. You do what God's word says, and then you trust him with the outcome. The Lord vindicates those that do that which he has put out in his word. And maybe you're in a position where your wife does work, or maybe you are a wife that is working. You've, been, you've seen from God's word that, and when I'm saying working, I'm talking about working outside of the home. Yeah. You are to work within the home. Then put a battle plan together where you can get out of that. Mm. You know, Yes, things are broken, but then also step out in faith and do what the Lord has called you to do. 
and and sometimes take a bit of a you know stop wanting what the Joneses have. They've already yeah. immigrated. The yeah, Joneses, they left. <laughs> you know, they left already. Yeah. You know, stop comparing yourself to other things. Stop coveting and wanting this high lifestyle. Because truth remains, we need yeah. to say to one another. That's why we get both husband and wife working to to upkeep the lifestyle. Yes, the, yes. You know, the and expensive lifestyle. We have so lifestyle. much debt, and we yeah. have we want to always upgrade our cars and all of these things. Like, actually, sit ba- sit down and wonder why are you in this rat race that yeah. you're in. And oh, is it really worth it paying somebody else to look after your little ones when you could? Mm. Um, you know, yeah. All right. We leave it at that. 012-082-082-657-2729. is WhatsApp number here in the Ateliers. You have a question, 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 you have a wat ons nou gaan aanpak, Satan wat begeer het om vir Petrus te sif sy skoor in die disciples nie, en dan waar die Heere vir hom sê, eendag as jy bekeer is, eendag as jy bekeer is, en hier loop hy saam met God omself, was hy dan nie bekeer gewees nie? Interessante, interessante vraag. Oase muziek groep, dis hierdie word genoem skuilplek, stuur in jou vraag, 0826572729, baie dankie vir jou gebed, ons keer saam, tot en met 12 uur vanmiddag. No hassles, no frills. It's just sounds full of life on 657 AM. Mm, uh, full of life. Uh, that is what you hear. And the word of God is indeed uh, full of life. Skriftierlik tot en met 12 uur vanmiddag. Lekker om saam met jou te kan keir. En baie dankie dat jy aangeskakel is op Radio Kansel 657 AM. Before we move on to these other questions, I think let's just conclude with this one. Um, Rocky, we got a... Um, uh, email WhatsApp here from from somebody, and I, we're just going to call her Cornelia. All right, and she say more for duidelijk dan for my waarom die opgestane Jesus Christus eerste aan vrouwen verschijnt. And I think that's with with regards to the conversation we just had, yes. mm. um, a, a, appearing first to woman and then gave them uh, the instruction to go and tell the disciples mm. that he is now raised. So she is your opdracht the disciples om te gaan vertellen dat hij opgestaan het en dat hij hulle wil ontmoet. Paulus het vrouwelijke leiders gehad, wat saam met die manne in die veld gewerk het. Bijvoorbeeld, hulle het saam met al die ander die woord geleer. Helper in hoofletters het sy dit getik. En uh, dan sê sy ek is een gekwalificeerde sendling en het jarenlang in een sendingstatie gewerk. Was ook dienstbaar in die NG kerk gewees, gesondagskoolonderwijseres en met de diste kerk. Dienstbaar is die woord hierso. Hmm, hmm. Sy het nie specifieke vraag hierso yeah, nie. Yeah. But it comes back to that thing that women has got a definite role to yes, play. We're not denying that, is no, it? No, not, not at all. And um, what I would say as well is though Jesus did appear to women first, he also appeared very early on to other disciples and he did not choose the women to be apostles he did not make them to be those that would be sent out we know that somebody like peter's wife also worked with him and went out with him because paul makes mention of that later on Uh, when it comes to the lord's ministry as well he had many women that were serving Uh, i'm thinking about lydia i'm thinking about lydia Lydia as well with who was a, a salesman of even purple uh, fabric, and she and worked she in, the, was, uh, in the secular well, world. Well, let's say selling, she was working from yeah, home in that yeah, sense. You know, yeah. she wasn't underneath some other boss as such. Yeah. 
and um, and there were many wealthy women that also funded some of the gospel work that Paul had, etc. So that's true, and and we're not saying that. And and when Jesus gave his command, even in Matthew twenty-eight, to his disciples, it was not just the twelve that were with him. There were about yeah. seventy-two disciples, yeah. probably around that much at Matthew twenty-eight when he gives the great commission, and he says, "Go into all the world, you know, be yeah. disciples and go make disciples, yeah. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit," and then. Um, teaching them to observe these things. Now, we're talking about the formal structure of the service of God in our assembled, uh, as assembled believers. In particular, I would say uh, Lord's Days, but also when you're getting together in an assembled way as the church. But we're not saying that you should not share the gospel, that you should not work as a missionary, that you should not. There's so many wonderful missionaries that were yeah. women, hymn writers. S- Sunday I mean, school teachers. Um, Sunday yeah. school teachers. Yeah. You know, the women are to be teaching. Older women are to be teaching younger women. There's yeah. a command to teach as yeah. a woman, but teach younger women. Yeah. And as, as, as younger women to be teaching even their children, to yeah. love their husbands, love their children. So there is definite context to the ministry that God gives. We're not denying that God gives ministry to women within the church. But we are denying the fact that God has not called a woman to be a deacon. He's not called a woman to be an elder within a local church. He has not called them to be taking spiritual oversight within yeah. the congregation yeah. or that he has never called a wife to take spiritual oversight over her husband. There yeah. are times when a wife will be a believing woman that has an unbelieving husband. That's that's a very different broken. I'm, I'm thinking of one Peter broken, three, that, a broken setup yeah, in many yeah, respects. Yeah. and she's there to even submit herself underneath her husband and uh, live quietly and gently with him. Who knows? Maybe the Lord will will change his heart. And now we're not saying like live under uh, physical abuse or where your life is in in harm's way or if the husband has decided to run off with other women, etc. We're not talking about those things. That would be a whole other discussion point. But we are saying that God has got a definite order. The fact that the order is broken is not God's fault. That's because man has been sinful and man should repent of the broken order that there is. And what I'd encourage a woman towards is if if you're in a position in a church where you're having leadership over men, repent of that and go find a biblically sound church. There are many biblically sound churches in our land. What I would say as well is that let's say there's a church plant in a place where there's never been the gospel and there's only women that are there. Well, then you have a woman teaching women. And that may well be the church, but they should be in a position where they biblically understand God's word and would be willing to submit themselves underneath a godly male leadership that God would bring. And they should pray for that because that's God's design for the church, just like that's God's design for the family. Now, what would you say when a man has died and he's left his wife behind? Well, then the wife has to step up into doing some of the role that her husband did. And that's sad. That really is. And it's broken. And the church should support a woman in that role to help her with her children, etc., as she now has to do some of dad's job in that sense in the home. And that's why there ought to be special care for the widows, um, as we see within the scriptures. Okay, we leave it at that. Uh, Cornelia, bye dankie for your deal now in the program. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, bye dankie work at that jy die whatsapp a deur gestuur het hoop het maak sin wat a rocky vir jou sê. Katie, bye dankie, I see your whatsapp there. She said, uh, good morning, listen to your program this morning on hermeneutics. Uh, would like to know, is it right, uh, the right Bible? I, 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 I have four different ones, and although they're sort of saying the same thing, I'm not sure. Please, could you kindly help me? Mm. Um, 
Yeah. yeah, and then she says, please keep me anonymous. Uh, that's just your first name, Kat. Let's call her Kat, right? Mm. Okay. What mm. would you like to answer? Yeah, um, I, I think that it's, it is helpful to have various faithful translations. And so I would be careful to go and make sure that what you have is as close to a word-for-word kind of a translation that would go back to the Greek, back to the Hebrew. You could look this thing, these things up. I mean, the internet is very helpful sometimes, um, but what I would say is it is also helpful if you're part of a good Bible teaching church that you could go and speak to one of your elders regarding that. There's a couple of good, um, and if we're talking in English um, translations, there's, there's some good English translations that have been very faithful to the Greek and the Hebrew. You're looking at translations like the King James, New King James, American Standard, New American Standard, Legacy Standard Bible, ESV. Those are some of the best English mm. translations. As far as the Afrikaans translations, it seems that the Oevertaling is the best of the Afrikaans yeah, options. The f- 53, yes, 33 that is available because that yeah. has been most That's faithful. What I'm to. That's been most faithful to to the um, the original Greek and the Hebrew, um, but but it is helpful to make sure that you have a good solid um, you know platform to work from. And we're talking about the sixty six Bible, uh, sixty six books of the Bible. You know Genesis yeah. to Revelation. We're not talking about additional apocrypha or other books. And um, but once you have a good word for word, um, now even something like the NIV is not too bad. But that's more like what they call a dynamic equivalent or it's more like a paraphrase or let's say it's not a paraphrase, but it is kind of like a thought for thought. You don't really want a thought for thought. You want more of a word for word kind of a translation. Uh, In my opinion, and and that's mine, Rocky's opinion after having read a number of Bible versions, I I enjoy the Legacy Standard Bible, which has actually just come out this last year. And that's basically like a newer version of the New American Standard. But the team had gone back to the Mm. Greek, back to the Hebrew, and they've done an amazing job, in particular of the Psalms. I absolutely am loving the Psalms as they've been translated there, and they've got some of the best team that ever worked on it. I would say that there ought to be a danger mark or a red flag that comes up if there was only one translator that worked on a team. You want a whole host of men, and you want to look at what their background is, and you want to see are they faithful towards God's word, and did they go back to the Greek, did they go back to the Hebrew, and how have they done that? Can I step out on thin ice and ask you a question here, Rocky? What about the, uh, and, and, uh, you know, you get the John Haggy Bible, and you get uh, this kind of, and I I want to use American uh, Mm. preachers in particular. How do you feel about that? Uh, And and there's others, Mm. for instance, uh, the the Joyce Meyer Bible, and these, how do you feel about that? Uh, without think, without stepping we, on yeah, toes. Yeah. I, I think I am going to step on toes a little bit in, in what I say. But I think you've got to be so careful whenever you have one man's name attached to a Bible. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, for I, as far as study Bibles goes, I think that the there's a you know the study Bibles like the MacArthur Study Bible that would be. I think very good because he has got a team that helped him with that. But even there, I would still have a caution when you have a person's name attached to that. You know, when you have something like the ESV study Bible, that's an excellent study Bible. If you're looking for a good commentary set, something like the, um, the NIV applicational commentary series is brilliant. I mean, it is excellent. It's probably one of the best applicational commentary series, but it doesn't have a specific person's name attached to it. And I think that's where we we need to be be careful. careful. I think be very careful when you have one person's name attached to it. And especially if that person has changed some of the text, that would be a no-no completely. And that's what sometimes some cults fall into. For example, the... 
um, uh, let me not mention names, but uh, some of the cults that are, let's say, seen as Christian that come up with a whole new translation of the Bible that actually one guy sat down or a team within that and they changed the very wording of God's word to fit what their their theology is. We want to go to God's word and we want to give him the integrity to say what he means and to mean what he says and to not change what he says based on our own worldview. Is there a a definite removal of Christ as Jesus as God out of the newer translations where, where, where Christ is completely written out. And, I, and I'm thinking many a time we so have... Is, and that was the translation I didn't want to mention, but the right. new, I think it's called the um, New World Translation, All right. uh, which is something that the JWs hold to. All right. And that has removed Jesus as being God. All and right. So, if, for example, they change some small because words... Because there is a one world religion so, coming. So they go it? to something like John chapter 1 where it says... In the, and, 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 uh, in the beginning you know, was the Word. Yes, and the, the Word was, was the God. Word. And, and the word was with God and the word was, and then they say a God and they put right. in a little word like he was a which changed God, the whole thing, which changes the whole theology. Yeah. But that word was never there in the original. And right. because they've changed that, they're saying, you see, Jesus is not part of the Trinity. He's, he's a created God. All right. And, okay. and he's separate from the Trinity. And one that's going to be aware. Yes. In other words, having discerning spirit and yes. say, Lord, help me. Definitely with a discerning spirit. But what I would say to this listener who's sent this question in is that find yourself a good Bible based church, one that. You know, one where there's faithful ministers, yeah. where there's a plurality of elders, Lord willing, yeah. um, that have multiple men that are there that are leading. And then, you know, plug in there. Um, go and see, you know, and see what they say regarding yeah. the Word of God. If you're battling to find one, you can send me an email at pastor.bonibiblechurch.co.za and you can just let me know where you live and I can help plug you in. We, we really have a wealth of good Biblically sound churches within our country. We need to say um, that to others. They, they are God fearing men and God fearing congregations. And you know what? You, you yeah. will drive 30 minutes because you want to go to a mall. Yeah. You know, why not drive 30 minutes to go to a church if. And, and by the way, I mean, this last weekend, for example, I was there at Mabalingwe, and we always go to church when we're on holiday, and we went to the Enghia church at Bella Bella. Yeah. And I could just tell, man, the minister there loves the Lord Jesus. He loves the church. He's, he's, he's faithfully leading them. I mean, of course, there's going to be differences that I would have with him. Yeah. And there are some secondary issues. I absolutely do not agree with um, pedo-baptism, for yeah, example. Yeah. Okay. I believe in professing believers' baptism. Yeah. But there's a church there. Yeah. There's a church that's faithfully teaching the gospel. Yeah. You know, so um, it might not be uh, ticking all of your preferences, but go to a good church yeah. and be plugged in with a good church. Um, so that that would be my encouragement. And they will right. help you with thinking through things like Bible translations, etc. Kat, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for taking part in the program. Baie dankie. Ook aan jou as jy vraag het wat jy wil instuur, jy sal jy moet roer. Ons het nog so 4-5 minute wat ons kan saamwees. Rocky, taking you now to Luke 21 and verse 32. 21 and verse 32. Maar ek het vir jou gebid. Kom ons lees vers 31. En die Heere sê vir Simon, 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 kyk die Satan het vierig begeer om julle soos koring te saf. Amazing, eh? That Satan can approach God and say, I desire this. Asking God, and then Jesus talks about this, and then he says, ek het vir jou gebid dat jou geloof nie ophou nie. It says, he's got faith. Maar dan sê dit, as jy eendag bekeerd is, Moet jy jou broeders versterk. Yeah, they're walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean, mm. as jy eendag bekeerd is? Mm. Uh, what does the English Bible yeah. say? Yeah, so the, the section says, But I have prayed earnestly for you, that your faith may not fail, and you, once you have returned, strengthen your brothers. So part of what Jesus is actually saying here, he's yeah. saying that 
Satan's asked to sift you, and I haven't actually stopped Satan from sifting you. But the mere fact that he's prayed for him, he's already, Jesus is the one who secures our salvation. We don't, as human beings. We never, ever secure our salvation in ourselves. True biblical salvation is all of Christ from beginning to end and middle. And what Jesus is saying is actually there's going to be a time when you are going to need to return because you're going to betray me, Peter. And that's what he's the context of this All is right. about the betrayal of Peter. Peter says, I will never leave you. You know, they want to kill you. They're going to have to kill me, too. Yeah. You know, and he's so bold about this. In fact, he's the one that cuts <laughs> off the ear, the right ear of the um, servant of the high priest. And um, and he flees from Jesus. And then he denies Jesus three times. And Jesus told him that this was going to happen. And part of the fact of you see Jesus' kindness is that Jesus already tells him this is going to happen. And he gives him hope. He says, once you have returned, strengthen your brothers. And Peter becomes such a critical part to the beginning of the church even. You remember how Peter then becomes so bold. He's willing to get locked up for his faith. He's um, In the end, he's actually crucified upside down according to church history. But we need to say after his denial of Christ, he went back fishing. He was broken. Yes. I mean, he no, could absolutely. not believe and the Lord that in he his kindness stooped goes that after low. Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and even in the way that Jesus restores Peter, he does it in a threefold way. Yeah. Peter, do you love me? Peter, yeah. do you love me? Yeah. Peter, do you love me? And that's an interesting f- section as well. And, this, and is where, this is where the Greek comes in and it's helpful because yeah. he says, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter yeah. says, no, but I filio you. Yeah, yeah. I, I love you like I do family. Yeah, yeah. Um, not I love you like I do God, you know, yeah. sacrificial love. And then he wow. says, do you, do you filio me? Uh, sorry, he says, do you agape me? He says, I filio you, Lord. And then Jesus changes his question on the third one. He says, do you filio me? And that's where he really just breaks down. He's like, look, right. you know what? Like, you know all things, Lord. Yeah. You, know, you, know, <laughs> you know my heart. You know where I'm at. Yeah. And the Lord, in his mercy, restores Peter. And Peter becomes one who strengthens his brethren. Uh, but he still was a man that needed to walk in repentant faith. And he has yeah. the mark of a believer. A yeah. believer isn't somebody who suddenly becomes sinless. We don't hold to sinless perfection. Jesus is the only one that is sinless. And Jesus must work in us. Peter continued to be a sinner saved by grace. And you see even later on that Paul would confront Peter to his face regarding his partiality. And what does Peter do? He repents. And so the mark of a believer is one who repents and repents and repents and turns towards the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's no true repentance, there's no true faith in an individual. And so what we see when it comes to the perseverance of the saints in a biblical concept here is that a one who has been saved will persevere to the end because he who started a good work in you will see it to completion. One who falls away, which First John talks about this, there's some that have gone out from you because they were not of you. And so the, the reality is that a believer, even if they have a time, let's say, in the wilderness, they will return because they are sheep. And Jesus fetches them. You remember the story of the 99 and 1? Yeah, yeah. The one sheep goes astray, and the good shepherd goes, and he fetches that one sheep. And the reality is that that sheep is a sheep because the sheep returns to the flock. And so maybe there's somebody that's listening today that hasn't been part of the flock. I spoke to a young man earlier, and I said, have you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? No, yes, he's a believer. Okay, where, where are you going to church? No, yeah. he doesn't go to church anywhere. I was wow. like, listen, a believer goes to church. It doesn't. Yes, there may be times in the wilderness, but a believer identifies with the body of Christ. And they say, I'm part of this body. That's what happened at baptism. You're saying, Jesus is the head. I'm part of the body, and I'm part of this body. 
Oh, but you're not perfect and the church is so full of hypocrites. Yes, there's space for another hypocrite. Come join us. We know that we're not perfect, but we have a perfect Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the reality is that if somebody turns from the Lord Jesus at a time, they need to be confronted regarding their sin. But the believer always loves to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Right, uh, time to love and leave you. Can you believe it? One hour gone into all eternity. Bye, donkey, for a year like a Rocky, bless your heart. Somebody wants to get in touch with you. Where can they reach you? You're welcome to do that at pastor at bononibiblechurch.co.za. I have seen one or two emails that I haven't had a chance to respond to all yet. Right. So I do want to say that to uh, to the listeners There was one the other day From an individual That got hold of me And I haven't yet responded right. I'm sorry for that you I have will been, get I've been super busy But in the next two three weeks And that's not an excuse But I, in the next two three weeks I will get back to Some of you that have sent me emails Thank you so much For sending them to me Thank you for listening um, I know that we're not The easiest men to listen to sometimes But um, as Vainant often says You know some of us Have faces for radio And um, <laughs> we thank God For each one of you That make this uh, part of it And in the end it's not Vainant and I who are the authority. It's God's so word true, and yeah. our Lord Jesus. So go and search the scriptures. Even if what we say sometimes might offend you or step on toes, go search the scriptures. In the end, we're also not your pastor of your local church. Go speak to your pastor and um, straighten these things out with them. He said it all. He said it all. Next week, uh, Edward Kanya back, standing in for Rocky. Traveling mercies for you, my brother. Come back in one piece. Thank you. Regards to Maxine and the family at home. And uh, bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this radio uh, station, to this program. May God bless you. And like Rocky said, now the uh, responsibility lies with you to go and search the scriptures. See if these things are so. Till next time, God bless you. Shalom. Thank you.